0: This is the Final Word Cricket Podcast with Jeff Lemon, with Adam Collins and with a third person today. Somebody who we've been wanting to get on the show for a very long time because I'm pretty confident if you've listened to the Final Word over the journey you will know that when it comes to cricket the thing that we love most of all that's closest to our hearts is test cricket. It's the long format, it's, it's about patience, it's about building, it's about determination, it's about all of the things that the long form game brings out in players. And I think if there were a player who represents this kind of cricket and who, who is a living symbol of it, in the contemporary age, nobody symbolises Test cricket more than Shiteshwa Pajara. And uh, after wanting to do so for a long time, you were able to head down the coast and have a long conversation with him a few days ago
1: beautifully summed up uh, hello jeff yes and even the, the way in which we constructed the time to speak we, we were in correspondence uh, quite a lot uh, back in kind of april may i think it was when he was down uh, in his first stint with sussex for season 2023 couldn't quite make it work then came back to it now that he's playing in, in the one day cup at the moment and about to resume uh, four-day duties with sussex where he's captaining these days i always love going down to hove beautiful ground you get that lovely sort of breeze blowing across from um, from the sea and um, yeah he's uh, developed a, a wonderful reputation down at that club and getting the chance to sort of sit you know uh, across a table from him and, and talk about all of the the parts of his life and cricketing career that we often speculate about about you know his his powers of concentration uh, the way he prepares his methods and all and so on and and you'll hear this in the interview to come but yeah hearing it in his own words uh, and, and getting a much better understanding of Pajaro the man not just Pajaro the batsman.
0: And that's always what we want to do with these interviews. It's like we talk about people's cricket, but it's really about who is the person behind... The game, and then we might be talking to people who don't play cricket at all. But fundamentally, if you're doing a a long interview like this, it's who are you? Who's the person? What's what's going on um, in terms of the human contact? And and so that was, I mean, having listened back through the recording, I wasn't able to be there because that was it. It happened to fall in the week that I was away on holiday, and I did look at all the ways I could try to make it work to get on the call, but I was literally supposed to be in a Rental car driving between one place and another <laughs> place across Italy, and it just it just wasn't going to be possible. And and in the end, when you've got when you've got an interview in person, it's often better when it's just in person rather than trying to loop someone in down the line. So in the end, I was I, I was I had to let go that particular <laughs> dream. But listening back to it later and, and hearing him talk about his upbringing, the influence of his parents, the kind of philosophy that he's brought. To the game, you know, that gives such a, a more rounded picture of the person as well as the player.
1: Yeah, you can tell he's thought about it. I mean, yeah, we, we ask questions that that may not always get. Um, put to cricketers but he himself has considered a lot of those points around his upbringing and around his parents around his mother dying when he was a younger man at the start of his professional journey and, and how that's informed uh, a lot of what we see when he's batting for India and is he's done so well and and the other part that was quite interesting to me in this is how determined he is to play test cricket again. I think a lot of people arrived at the conclusion when he was uh, left out of the India squad for the Windy series recently that that was it, that there was, um, there was no realistic well, we way back for him. We, we basically <laughs> but- Eulogised his test career on the podcast. Yeah, right?
0: Barrett and I did a effectively a, a you know a eulogy <laughs> video where we said, "Well, look, he he probably won't be back. Um, he he may he may give it a shot, but we you know we did the end of the career sort of summary, yeah. I, I suppose. And look, it would be splendid to be proved wrong, but that yeah, that really shone through as to how determined he is to." To at least give it another shake.
1: You know, he spoke uh, very passionately about his desire to play for India again. So I was quite buoyed by that. That's towards the end of the chat, and it's a nice sort of nice place to perhaps leave our intro. I don't want to give too much away. What I will say, Jeff, is that the reason I was heading in that direction anyway, what tied things together so well, is I was heading to that part of uh, England to play a game for the Lords Taverners on Friday for the Lords Tav's against the Duke of Norfolk's Eleven, which used to be, of course, where touring sides began their time in England. Australia played there many, many times. A beautiful Arundel um, Cricket Club there, um, mm-hmm. uh, not not far away from where my in-laws live as well, which made it doubly convenient. And we're off to Scotland tomorrow for yet more Tavs action. It's been a very Lord's Taverners heavy couple of months for us, starting with the half marathon in Edinburgh and now ending with the uh, the games yeah. of cricket. We're going to play with the Scottish Tavs this week and the and the game we play as the final word against, I think they're, they're, they're called the Electric Flamingos. Uh, uh, Edinburgh um, touring side one of our listeners plays with them so a lot of final word listeners like coming it. up um, to Edinburgh over the next day or two descending upon the Scottish city for both the fringe which will be what we're doing after hours but also uh, mm. getting involved on the field playing for the final word we've got the baggy caps made up Jeff I sent you a, a proof of that last week we've got the the Latin translation of can't stop won't stop mm-hmm. underneath our, our insignia and uh, yeah it's always nice to play these games which I think we remain undefeated in
0: we do remain undefeated thus far across continents. Uh, I think the winning streak is four, so there's a <laughs> fair bit of pressure on yeah, your shoulders, yeah. captaincy-wise. Um, you know, I, I won't be there, so in in my absence, you're going to have to, uh, you know, rally the troops and, and keep up the, mm. the remarkable performances so far. Electric Flamingos, I like that. that has got a sort of Meredith Music Festival vibe, <laughs> you know, imagining some very hot pink, kind of lurid uniforms, or at least he is hoping that they live up to the name. And, yeah, I mean, it, it has been it has been very Lord's Tavern as summer. If you don't know about the TAVs, they do a lot of great work, working particularly with young people who are living with disadvantage or disability, trying to get them involved in cricket and help build a, a social life around themselves that relies on cricket um, to make that happen. So they're, they're doing a lot of great work in the community.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mentioned playing with them on Friday. It was a great experience um, playing against uh, some England players. England over fifties were, were in the uh, opposition, one of whom made a century and 41 balls. I got him out eventually. But, uh, you know, the, getting reminded by those who work for the Tavs what it's all about um, and hearing such passionate speakers from the programs like... Um, you know, table cricket and super ones and playing on the same side as a couple of uh, England disability players who are just outstanding cricketers and, and reminded that cricket can do a far better job at being inclusive and, and the Tabs have been working in this field for the better part of 75 years, their 75th anniversary is next year I believe so, or maybe the year after, either way it's it's a long-standing charity that's done great work and we're proud to have them in association with us on The Final Word. So all we really ask of you is to sign up to their mailing list. If, if you can see the link in the show notes and click through there, um, you'll be kept abreast of all their activities, all of the, the work they do behind the scenes. And um, you too can get involved in raising money for them as, as we have with the, uh, the Edinburgh uh, Marathon, Half Marathon earlier in the year, the London Marathon. And uh, the good news is we've got as many spots for those marathons as we want next year. So the London Marathon especially can be very hard to get a place for, but you can
0: through the final word and through the tabs. All you need to do is let us know and sign up. Right then, Chiteshwa Pajara, we've enjoyed watching his work over many, many years um, and we've enjoyed listening to the conversation that we had with him. If you want to help us make more interviews like this, patroncom slash the final word is where you'll find us and where you can help support the work that we do on the show. Let's hear from the man himself, Chiteshwa Pajara.
1: It's the final week cricket podcast with Adam Collins. I'm down at Hove, where the Sussex County Cricket Club uh, play their home games and sat opposite. Me on a, in quite an idyllic setting, actually, a park table, a windy afternoon, as it often is here. Is Chiteshwa Pajara, Indian legend. Uh, welcome to the final word.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Adam.
1: It's great to have you with us. We wanted to talk for for a long time uh, and, and talk to you because we've really enjoyed uh, the way you've gone about your your unusual international career. I suppose you're something of an outlier, aren't you, in this explosion of Indian cricket? So much of it has been uh, geared around the IPL and 20-over cricket, and here's you, a red-ball specialist, who's been able to to make himself a, a massive part of the story.
2: Yeah, I think I always loved playing test cricket. When I was young, I grew up watching some of the uh, Indian legends uh, playing uh, test cricket. So... Yeah, even when I got first picked in the IPL, which was 2008-2009, I still remember, I still wanted to play for the Indian team and I hadn't made my debut uh, for the Indian Test team th- then. Uh, so my debut was in 2010 and uh, yeah, since then uh, it's it, it, it has been a remarkable journey, but uh, yeah, I love playing Test cricket and I, I think it's, uh, it's the ultimate format of this game. Uh, Times have changed. I still feel that uh, many youngsters now want to play white ball cricket, uh, whether it's for the Indian team or uh, whether it's the franchise cricket. But, yeah, I still love playing red ball cricket.
1: And you've played a lot of it over here as well. I mentioned your career here at Sussex, which has been a very successful one. I think you've made eight uh, first-class hundreds, a couple of white ball ones as well, including one last week. I mean, you clearly still just love batting. I mean, beyond all else, doesn't matter where you're doing it or what team you're playing for, you love being out in the middle.
2: Yes I do and uh, I'm thankful to uh, Sussex uh, for having me here. Uh, I started playing for Sussex f- uh, uh, from last season and uh, I had a wonderful time here when I first started playing here. So I told myself that I need to be in touch with the game. I I felt that after Covid I ha- hadn't been playing a uh, lot of uh, first class games. And uh, I felt that if I keep uh, playing some first-class cricket, it always helps me in the international uh, circuit as well. Uh, so yeah, it's always good to be here. I mean, it's a wonderful atmosphere uh, whenever I play at home uh, in front of a home crowd. It's uh, it's always special. But yeah, being part of Sussex, uh, uh, it, I mean, it has helped me immensely in my uh, cricketing journey. And I would lo- love to continue uh, doing this, uh, no matter what format I play for Sussex. I've also, uh, I mean, I'm also playing. Uh, uh, in one-day competition as well for Sussex, so yeah, uh, I I love playing cricket and uh, yeah, as a batsman, it's my duty to score as many runs as possible. So I'll try and continue doing that.
1: I remember when Vrat Kohli was captain of India, he spoke about loving coming to England because he, he simply didn't get mobbed here in quite the same way that he does at home or in other parts of the cricketing world. Here, you know, there is that lovely, gentle atmosphere in county cricket, isn't there? You can go out and do your work, and there aren't um, sort of hundreds of thousands or millions of people uh, watching you do it necessarily
2: yeah i think uh same with me whenever i'm here in england uh whether it's uh whether i'm on my own or with my family we can just walk out on the streets uh, yep. without getting bothered uh too much so yeah you enjoy this atmosphere but uh yeah i mean not to forget that there are millions of people in india who who loves cricket and uh when when we are at home uh the kind of fan following we we get we do respect it uh, so there's nothing against it but yeah uh, whenever we are here uh, we get a little more privacy we can just uh, walk around freely without getting bothered but yeah at the same time we respect uh the passion for uh, uh, the Indian uh, people, th- the way they follow cricket, the way they follow th- uh, throughout us, wherever we're playing in the world. Uh, I think it's probably one of the best uh, supported teams in the world. Mm.
1: Hey, what, what I'd like to do on this interview is go back to the start of your cricketing life and... Um, Clearly your dad, Aravind, he's a big part of that story, having played in the Ranji Trophy, your uncle as well with Sharastra, a gritty wicket-keeper batter, as it was yep. uh, said of him, and how he watches every innings of yours meticulously. I'm sure he's watching the streams when you're <laughs> playing here at Sussex and all the rest of it as well. I mean, Do you feel like you've become more and more like him over the years, with that kind of strong, stoic personality?
2: yes uh look uh, he my father he started coaching me when i was 8 years old and uh since then it's it's been a long long journey uh, uh we have come a long way i would say because uh, uh He's my father and he's my coach as well. So it's it's never easy. Right. I would say there, there are times where we have some arguments because we have difference of opinion, but uh, ultimately our goal is uh, very simple uh, to make sure that uh, I, I try and perform in each and every game I play, whether it's for the Indian team, whether I, uh, I'm playing for Sarashtar team back home, or whether I'm playing for uh, Sussex team, or wherever I'm playing. Uh, one thing uh, both of us agree on is that I should be uh, giving my best in uh, whatever games I play and then uh, to be successful there are times where you will fail and how you do, deal with your failure is is very important uh, and and that's what we have uh you know discussed over a period of time and that's when uh, there are some arguments which will start because he's my father and and he's at home whenever we are at home uh, we end up talking about cricket but uh, I uh, always try and tell him that I need to switch off at times and uh, over a period of time he understands that he agrees that uh, I need my uh, time uh, f- without thinking about cricket uh, but yeah it's it's been a, a great journey both of us you know uh, we th- think a lot about cricket and and there are times where you just need to switch off and and, and then uh, live your life as well so yeah yeah, we have come a long way but uh, I'm really thankful to him uh, for the for all the support he has provided me in my cricketing career not just as a coach but even as a father I lost my mom when I was 17 so yeah uh, it, it, it was a tough time for both of us and uh, uh, we have seen our highs and lows uh, uh, in, in the lives so ultimately I think we are uh, we are really happy with the way things have uh, gone in my cricketing career
1: it's quite interesting that you've done pretty much all one can do in in test cricket and still an active player I know there was some reports that you'd retired a few weeks ago when left out of the Windy squad but you're very much still available for selection but even now he can uh, offer insight to you about your batting that, that you won't necessarily be able to detect yourself
2: yeah i agree because um, he has uh, he has seen me when i was, when i was young and uh, he has seen the journey he has seen some technical changes as well so yeah he can still advise me i i still listen to what he what what he has to say we try and discuss it out we try and make sure that uh, we come to a conclusion when whenever we start discussing about something so yeah i still listen to him
1: it, there was a lot made this year of uh, not just you being here but Steve Smith being at Sussex and Martis Labashane came down here for a game against you as well when when playing for Glamorgan. You're all seen as like batting junkies. You spend so much time in the nets perfecting your game but you know linking back to your dad again, him sending you off to play club cricket in Mumbai in the very competitive uh, sort of corporatised um, club system there where companies pay players to play and all the rest of it and you being in Mumbai and trying to perfect what you did because there are so many millions of Indian boys who grow up, and boys and girls, but boys in the case of... Uh, your competition wanting to be in the top six for India and you have to uh, set yourself apart and the only currency worth anything in that is just bulk runs and spending tens of hours in the middle uh, of a season and and you you found ways of doing that through club cricket.
2: Yes uh, uh, I have I mean uh, it was it was very kind of my father to you know figure that out because it's never easy when you are young when you haven't played at a professional level to move out of your town to move out of your state and and start playing somewhere else is 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 always a challenge so we went to mumbai to uh, play some club cricket and it was his idea of, uh, that i get uh, practice on different kind of pitches across india uh, especially in mumbai you Uh, you get different pitches on different uh, grounds so to have that experience uh, at an early age has helped me immensely but yeah to be successful, I think uh, as a young player, uh, because there is a lot of competition out there uh, in, in, in 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 Indian cricket, one has to be balanced. I think mentally and emotionally, because uh, you are challenged uh, uh, as a player early on in your career. Because once you start playing professional cricket, once you are in the circuit, once you start playing Ranji Trophy yep. or any uh, big tournaments in India, you get better support. You you are in that circuit and uh, you have. Uh, access to the best of the facilities as well but when you are growing up when you are young when you haven't played at the professional level uh, you're still trying to figure out so many things you're not sure as a person that uh, whether you want to uh, become a professional cricketer you're still learning whether you're you not sure whether uh, you will be able to make it to the next level so that's the journey i think uh, which many cricketers go through in india and i would say the percentage uh, percentage of players who has been successful is very very less because there are millions of people playing cricket in India and it's never easy to make it to the uh, highest level Uh, there's a lot of competition but uh, yeah one has to be mentally really really strong Uh, you have to be dedicated towards the game you have to be disciplined Mm -hmm. one thing I've learned from playing uh, red ball format is uh, what you do on and off the field matters a lot so it's not just about what you are doing on the field, but how you behave, how you conduct yourself off the field uh, matters a lot.
1: You mentioned discipline and and being balanced and and in a previous answer about your mum passing away when you were young there's a really nice line in a profile written about you by Sunder Aysen a few years ago uh, about how your mum would control your use of video games by saying that you'd need to do your prayers first for 10 minutes then you could play video games and you said in that interview that it was her influence that helped you get that inner balance early on could you just build on that uh, her influence I know yeah. that she died in 2005 yeah. but all the way through nearly 20 years later that the, the lessons yeah. she taught you are still yeah. informing the cricket you play
2: yeah it, it does I mean uh, look uh uh, the person who uh, I am, who uh, I mean, I would like to say the kind of personality I have, or, or the values which I have learned is is from my mom. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, my father is my coach uh, in cricketing journey. He has helped a lot. But as a person, one needs to be balanced, and uh, I have learned from uh, my mom about that. And uh, as we are talking about uh, her allowing me to play video games and still making sure that i do my prayers every day i i still do it i think that has helped me immensely in my cricketing career i feel that uh, whenever i follow a certain routine which uh, which has helped me um, in my cricketing journey because you uh, you go through a lot uh, when you are playing for the indian team there are uh, there are expectations uh, and you're bound to fail in between. So how you manage yourself, how you can stay balanced. And and for me, uh, my prayer routine has helped me uh, in, in that. Uh, my mother never thought that uh, I'll I'll end up playing for the Indian team. Uh, obviously, uh, we as a family we dreamt that I uh, I do play for the Indian team. Right. But when she passed away, I hadn't made my uh, debut for the Indian team. But she knew that uh, there's a potential I might uh, uh, go to a next level uh, in in cricket, and I think she she might have seen something in me. She might have. I mean, it's the values which uh, which matters the most. Uh, uh, in a person's life. Yes, you are a professional cricketer, people know you, but how you behave with your fans, how you behave with other people, I think uh, uh, that is something which means more to me rather than just being a cricketer. Uh, not just being a famous cricketer, but I, I would say that how you you know, uh, behave with your teammates, how you behave with your uh, colleagues uh, and, and anyone you meet. I think uh, there are times where you uh, uh, end up meeting so many fans and, and they want to know about your journey. So uh, how you behave with them is, is, is important. And, and I think that uh, I've learned all these uh, things from my mother. Because uh, I, I still remember, I've said this many times that she has uh, told me one thing: no matter how you, how successful you are uh, in in your profession, uh, it, it it doesn't matter. But how you are as a person uh, matters the most. So I, I always try and you know make sure that. Uh, uh, I behave, behave myself. Yeah. Yeah, It's
1: it's lovely. It's like linking the spiritual with your, your Hindu religion to your mom and, you know, the tragedy of her premature passing and your profession, those three strands running through your, your daily life.
2: Yeah, it does. Uh, It does. And, uh, you know, as a family, we have been through a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, when I was young, uh, I had tough days. Uh, I used to go to the school, and then uh, the moment I was I was back from my school, my mom used to keep some snacks ready for me because I had an afternoon school. So I used to go by twelve o'clock in the afternoon and come back by five thirty uh, in the evening. So I'll have a quick snack and then uh, go to the practice. I used to finish my morning uh, practice sessions as well before going to the school. So I used to practice twice a day, nice. and uh, yeah, it, it, there are, there are some wonderful moments which we had as a family uh, when I was young, and I, I, I would like to thank my parents for for all my success.
1: Around the same time that your mum passes away, you're making your debut for Shurastra in, in, in 2005. It, it, it's sort of funny that, and I've heard, had this put to me in the past, that runs at Rajkot, certainly in that era, were, were viewed as though they had less value due to the, the surface being seen as a flat one, and thus you needed to, to bat for even more time and make even more runs to to stand out in a world where there were so many flashier, more striking, white ball oriented players, you're coming through and, and batting on these tracks and, and uh, well, you, you made it count, you made so many double hundreds in that early part of your career.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, whenever I used to score runs uh, at Rajcourt, I was told that uh, uh, I'm scoring runs because I'm, I'm playing on a flat pitch but if you look at uh, the scorecards of the number of games I've, I've played at Rajcourt and uh, there are batters who have played from the opposition team and they they didn't get runs <laughs> so that doesn't uh, that means that uh uh, yeah I mean the, uh, the pitch might be flat but you still need to score those runs uh, but the moment I started scoring hundreds uh, it wasn't good enough then I uh, I thought that I need to score a bit more because saurastra was a weaker team then so whenever I used to go uh, get out after scoring a hundred uh, we will get I mean we used to get bowled out for say 300 350 which wasn't good enough on that pitch I thought uh, on that pitch you needed uh, more than 400 run- runs on the board and that's how I started scoring big runs right. I told myself that if we want to win games i need to score big runs and that's how i started scoring double hundreds and there are times when once you are set as a batsman uh, you know once you go past your hundred or double hundred then you just enjoy yourself you then you then you just want to spend time time at the crease just enjoy your batting and uh, that's what I did. I think uh, once once I went past 100, that's when I started enjoying my batting a bit more. And that's how I started scoring big runs for Saras.
1: And making the absolute most of it. So you get picked for India, eh? You come to England, make a lot of runs there, top that tour. And that felt like it's kind of the last bit you needed to do to impress selectors. You, you're given that chance in 2010 in a famous test win for India at Bangalore and you think you know now you're walking into a side with so many greats of the indian team you're a young man but they're all fairly old in cricket in terms then well and truly into their mid to late 30s the side being led by The great MS Dhoni as well and after getting out to a grubber in the first innings in the second dig, um, the skipper MS says you know what, we're going to send you in at number 3 in a run chase, we're going to pop you in ahead of Rahul Dravid Uh, and you make 72 there and contribute to a a big win for India but do you remember how you felt when the skipper comes up and says we're trusting you to bat at 3 in this chase ahead of Dravid?
2: Yeah I still remember that game, Uh, as a cricketer you can't forget your debut game and uh, uh, yeah when I got out in the first innings I was so disappointed because uh, i had to make the most of it uh, i was playing instead of uh, Phoebeus lakshman who was injured unfortunately he had a uh, back spasm before that he won a fabulous uh, game yes. for the indian team he had a great partnership with ishan and uh, uh, oja. oja yeah, yeah so uh, yeah i mean i told myself i mean i was having a thought that if i don't perform in this i might not get another opportunity right. and when i got out in the first innings i, I thought that i may not uh, get get too bad in the second innings. But uh, when MS came and spoke to me that uh, we'll be promoting you at number three, just uh, go out there, express yourself. Uh, we don't want you to be under pressure. If you are batting at number five or six and if we lose first two or three wickets early, then there'll be more pressure on you. So we want to want you to bat normally, just try and express yourself, play your game. And uh, I just did that. I mean, I don't know how I got, uh, got to 72, but uh, because I had played so many first class games, there was pressure, no doubt. I mean, when I went into bat in the second innings, there was pressure Uh, we were chasing close to 210 if I'm uh, remembering it uh, correctly but uh, yeah I I felt that I just wanted to uh, go out there enjoy myself express what I've been doing in domestic circuit I wanted to repeat that it's never easy easy when you're playing your first game I mean no matter how much experience you have playing at domestic uh, uh, at domestic level but when you are playing for the Indian team Uh, uh, There's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of expectation and uh, uh, I mean I I came out on top so Uh, I was really really happy Uh, that was the start and and once I got my success I I told myself that uh, yes this is this is my first success Uh, I belong here I I can be successful at the international level there's a lot to learn Mm -hmm. fortunately I was part of a team where we as you mentioned we had some great players like Rahul Dravid Sachin Tendulkar MS Dhoni Firenze Seva Gautam Gambhir I mean it was packed with uh, some of the Uh, some of the greats of Indian cricket and I was fortunate enough to spend some time with them after my debut game have a chat Uh, I wanted to know what I can do to be successful at the international level but uh, and and for some of the uh, Indian players uh, the most important thing is to go out uh, go overseas and start being successful there and my question to most of them was how can i be successful uh, uh playing in osis condition
1: yeah and it starts a bit of a rhythm where you play a lot at home but not quite so much away from home so you, you don't come to australia in, in 11 12 was that you was that through injury as well
2: yeah i was injured then yeah I right cause it
1: looks then. like in hindsight like that would have been a great tour if you'd to have gone on because you know, later yeah. in your career you enjoy uh, so much success in australia but you know when you return in 2012 to, to the full-time senior yeah. ranks of the the test team 100 straight away at hyderabad against New Zealand Uh, then a double ton in the next series you play an unbeaten one against uh, England at Ahmedabad which would have meant even more being from your your home state I suppose then Australia rock up and and play uh, a series the next year where you make another double century at Hyderabad where your your hundred against New Zealand was as well and you get on this incredible role and and it's not long before you're established as a senior player.
2: Yeah uh, I felt uh, uh my injury taught me so many things because uh, my first injury was in 2009 and the second one was in 2011 so that was after my debut right. and after that I started playing again for the in- Indian team in 2012 but having those two injuries uh, was a big big s- setback in my cricketing journey and uh well uh, there were times where i used to cry i used to uh, cry because i was out of the game for six months and it happened twice and then you start thinking that whether will i be able to start playing cricket again will i be able to uh, you know start playing uh, cricket for the indian team because when you have two big injuries uh, in in three years time then you start doubting yourself as a as a uh, sports person so thankfully i had a good support from my family and friends uh, so mentally you know i was uh, there was a time where i was really really frustrated and uh, i just wanted to start playing cricket again but yeah after my second knee surgery i told myself that i've gone through the first surgery i i can go through this again i can start you know start my batting again start finding that rhythm again and I had to work really hard after my uh, second knee surgery so that one year uh, I, I did a lot of hard work I kept hitting many as many balls as I could and that's the reason I start get, uh, started getting my sux- uh, success from 2012 onwards mm-hmm. so yeah when I got my first 100 against uh, New Zealand that's when I I, I knew that I, I, I found my rhythm I belong here uh, let me start my journey again because once you once you are coming for uh, coming back uh, from a sit back when you are not playing cricket for a long time then once you start get, uh, seeing that success again you you want to be there you want to you know uh, keep keep working for as many hours as you can and y- you know that you belong there so To be successful there, uh, to to be successful at the highest level, I tried doing whatever I could in my control to, you know, uh, kept playing, uh, kept getting better as a uh, player. And yeah, in the next two, three years' time, I I had a lot of success.
1: Nobody thinks of you as a fast player necessarily, but I like that you're the joint fastest to 1,000 test runs for India as a consequence of those two doubles, uh, including that that one against Australia where you put on that huge stand with, with Maruli Vijay. Hi, I'm Matt Renshaw, and you're listening to The Final Word Podcast. And then, like again, you've kind of got this period of time where, despite the fact that you've done it, there are some tougher times away from home. So, for example, in England in 2014, you do well in South Africa uh, in, in 2013, but not quite so well here in 2014. And that's the catalyst for you coming to play county cricket for the first time at Derbyshire. Your first taste of that, uh, you know, relatively small county and so on. What, what, what did you What did you think when you first worked, walked in the doors at Derby about the, the life you were leading there as a pro? Uh,
2: well, uh, I didn't have a great uh, season with the Indian team. So after that, I I thought that it'll be nice for me to, you know, stay back, uh, play some county cricket, yep. start getting familiar with the English, English conditions where the ball is, I mean, at that time, the ball used to move a bit more than what it does now. Sure. So, yeah, I, I wanted myself uh, to play a few more games here. So when, when I walked into the uh, Derbyshire change room, it, it had a great atmosphere. Uh, and and uh, you know, when I started playing counter cricket, I, took, I realized that uh, yeah, this is I need uh, this is something which I need to do quite often if I want to be successful in Test cricket. Uh, I need to challenge myself in such conditions where you improve as a player your technique is challenged your temperament is challenged uh, you're challenged mentally as well because there are times although you are playing at uh, uh, first class level but even being a pro you are bound to get failures and how you deal with your those failures how you bounce back how you you know ch- how, how can you challenge yourself uh, to be successful uh, and be consistent at, in, at, at this level so yeah i kept uh, you know i kept uh, after those th- it was towards the end of the season so i, I was playing three games for derby to uh, in in september but yep. after that i decided that i'll i would love to continue coming uh, coming to england and, and uh, keep playing county cricket so i came uh, to yorkshire in 2015 and that's how the journey has started i have been playing county cricket since then
1: yeah it, f- it feels like even though it was uh, partially a consequence of you not being picked up in the IPL that year being able to play the full season with Yorkshire but it's a blessing isn't it that you get to play up on a test venue up at Headingley week in week out and you know be uh, the proper overseas at a county not just for a brief stint like it was in 14 but really establish establish yourself here in, in much tougher conditions against the moving ball.
2: Yeah it does and uh, I mean uh, as you said uh there are benefits of not being picked in the IPL because uh, the county season starts in April. IPL is going on at the same time. But I get to come here and, and play in those uh, couple of months uh, where the ball is moving a bit more. Uh, start of the season is al- always challenging, uh, especially off- up north when I was playing for Yorkshire. I was having a tough time because I'm not acclimatised to the weather. Uh, it was uh, freezing out there. It was so windy. There are times I had to uh, have four layers uh, when I was fielding. So... Yeah, I mean you learn a lot uh, uh, because uh, back home the weather is uh, in in March and April it's actually summertime back home. So you are moving from 40 degrees to four degrees, and and to get used to all all, all such things. Uh, uh, I think you you learn you you learn so many things and uh, yeah playing for Yorkshire was uh, it was challenging as a as a cricketer because you are playing in challenging conditions but I had a good time with the lads.
1: Nottinghamshire in 2017, is the other place you go in relatively quick succession, and at the back of that you make a couple of tons straight away for India against Sri Lanka. One of them coming in your 50th Test match, you're the second quickest to 4,000 Test runs for your country, which is a, a quite the achievement, and it and it bridges you through to your best ever summer from an output perspective, 16, 17, where you score to over 2,000 runs in one season at home. Nobody's ever done that in the history of Indian um, domestic cricket. So, I mean, you were so well placed to come in and, and have a great series against Australia when they rocked up uh, uh, later in 2017.
2: Yeah. I- uh, look, uh, that couple of years, I, I was enjoying myself. Uh, the way I was batting, uh, I, I felt that I just need to make the most of it. So each and every game I used to play, whether it was a domestic game or, or whether I was playing for the test team, uh, I was in my rhythm. I didn't have to think a lot. I just wanted to continue my form and try and uh, you know prolong it uh, for as long as I, I can. And I still remember the series against Australia in 2017. Uh, That is probably one of the toughest series I've been part of. Uh, Australia was very well prepared. Uh, When they came to India, I think before that they had two or three weeks in Dubai. Uh, We lost the first test match at Pune uh, and after that, I think things have things uh, did turn around. Uh, well, we that didn't was have Wasn't it? You lose yeah. two and a half
1: days at Pudur, yeah. and, yeah. and it's it like was. crisis time. isn't yeah. it?
2: Yeah, and uh, many people from media, many ex cricketers uh, did criticize the Indian team, which was fair. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't deny that we didn't uh, uh, we didn't play good cricket in in in, in that particular Test match. But as a as a team, uh, Anil Kumble was our coach uh, then. And as a team, we had a meeting after the first test match. We, uh, we regrouped as a team. We spoke about bouncing back. Uh, but in the second test match, we didn't have uh, best of the start. Uh, so. There was a time where uh, Australia saw that they had, they were very close to uh, winning that test match and, and I thought they got a little bit ahead of themselves. Uh, there was one point where we we were four down in 50-60 runs hot and then uh, I can't remember the exact uh, numbers but uh, myself and Ajinkia, uh, we were going back into the dressing room and that's when the chat started. All of them thought that they had almost won the test match and that's when uh, me and Ajinkya spoke that uh, that we need a partnership if we can add another 100 or 150 runs on the board uh, we can bounce back in the test match and that's what happened we had a very good partnership we didn't lose any any more wicket on that day and uh, uh, they were just, I think the uh, the target was close to 180, but it was a tough pitch, and our, our bowlers did a great job to defend that total. But that is probably one of the best test matches I've been part of, and the series was one-all, and then there, there was a lot to play for.
1: Oh, it was a thrilling test match. I was there commentating it at, um, at the Chinnaswamy, and, and yeah, Nathan Lyon taking eight wickets on the first day to bowling really well. inside 70 overs. in the yeah. second day, which was the slowest Australia had scored in a Test match for 15 years. It was so tight. Nip and tuck with yeah. Ishant Sharma and, and, and you know right up in the Australians' faces. Then you're right, that comeback, which you lead. The 92 you make there, which really does serve as something of a turning point for India in the series. They go on to win. Your great mate Ashwin, who we'll talk about later, picks up six for uh, in what becomes the final session and and the rest is kind of history but then then it's not as well because at ranchy australia start really well once again century for smith century for maxwell like they bat for you know the better part of five sessions and When you walk in, the game is in the balance. And 525 balls, 11 hours later, you're still there. (laughs) 202. Uh, It's the longest ever innings for an Indian Test batsman. It's often said you can get yourself into a trance state. Well, it it certainly looks like it from the commentary box. You were in a trance for two days. You know, those rivals like Nathan Lyon, who you've played so much against. Stephen O'Keefe, who'd started the series well. Pat Cummins, who was making his return to Test cricket. Uh, They're a pretty good attack, and, and you were able to repel them hour after hour can you give us a sense of how you get into that mental state that trance like state which enables you to maintain concentration for so long
2: well it's a habit which i've created uh, from a younger age Uh, uh, the moment i started scoring big runs for sarashtra that's when i realized that if you have to bat for a longer period how do you concentrate how can you keep concentrate treating for uh, hours and hours Uh, so i I, I think i've learned from domestic cricket where i many times i've batted for five or six sessions and if i had to do that in test cricket it, it's never easy because uh, you are challenged as a batsman a bit more uh you don't get as many loose deliveries uh in international cricket uh so yeah i i, I feel it's about uh, as i've been mentioning earlier that uh, i follow a good routine mm-hmm. so w- what has helped me immensely uh maintain my concentration is i try and do yoga and breathing exercises and i've i've been doing that since like now i can say about it's it's been more than six seven years that i i try and follow it uh for as long as i can and it's i i try and give half an hour a day to that yeah right and my prayer routines uh, so it's about uh, an hour a day where i'm just trying to focus on my mental aspect where uh if i can be in a thoughtless mind where when i'm batting i i just want to achieve that and uh, when i'm doing my prayers and and uh, you know uh, yoga every day uh, that helps me reduce my thoughts so when i'm batting out there in the middle uh, one thing i want to make sure is that uh, i don't want to think about what has happened in the past i i don't want to think about what will happen in the future i want to be in present and how can i be in present is by reducing my thoughts try and Try and be in that moment, and uh, yeah, over a period of time, I, I can uh, I can do it uh, for hours and hours. And and, and when you are in the present, I think you you are in that zone where you are not getting disturbed. You are not bothered about what is happening around you. Yes, you are conscious. You you know that uh, what the bowler is trying to do, what kind of field placement he has, what's his strat strategy. But you just try and play the ball. You try and play the ball on on its merit, and if you can do it for longer period of time you can always be successful and and you know you are you are just in that moment.
1: You hear a lot of professional athletes talk about getting into the meditative state that you're describing there but you have to do it for so long is another thing and I guess that goes back to your discipline and and your mother's influence that when you picked up yoga later in life that you're able to, to throw yourself into it to such an extent that you've been able to use it so well when it matters most for you in the middle.
2: Yeah, and uh, I think it's the pressure moments where, when uh, as a cricketer, when you are put under pressure, how do you deal with that? International cricket is all about dealing your, uh, dealing the pressure moment with calmness, uh, and that comes with preparation as well. I believe strongly in my preparation. Uh, I try and make sure that I have the best preparation before the series starts, and. Most of my success uh, uh, in Australia is is because the way I've prepared before the series started. Uh, So, you know, sometimes uh, when you are playing an opposition, you know what kind of polling attack will they have. Like Australia has probably one of the best seam attack, but you know that you are going to uh, face Pat Cummins, you are going to face Hazelwood, unless there is an injury, the polling lineup is not going to change. So, you know that, uh, what are their line and length? There are certain things which they do on the field. You know that uh, these are the strategies which uh, they're going to use on the field, yep. uh, and and you want to be as a as a batsman. You want to be prepared for that. Uh, and and uh, there are times where I've been challenged as well because they read you uh, as a batsman. They know uh, uh, over a period of time they start realizing my strength, and they don't want to uh, they feed me balls there so yeah it's always a constant battle but uh, if you are well prepared as a as a cricketer uh, not just uh, against one particular opposition but whichever opposition you play against if you are very well prepared then uh, you have the best chance of succeeding
1: it's this sustained purple patch through 2017 and into 1819. perhaps your finest hour as an Indian Test cricketer. Um, but the incongruity of you not playing that first test here in England in 2018, which I think all of us who'd followed your career pretty closely, like, what are they doing? What on earth are they doing? That you miss that first test, you come back and you know, make runs at Trent Bridge where you'd been at knots a few years earlier. Um, the unbeaten century at Southampton batting all day, um, which should have been match-winning really, getting India to a first innings lead in Unfortunately, you guys kind of threw it away a little bit in the second half of, of the tests. But it didn't get any tougher than that with that Dukes ball in 2018, did it? It was it was a series where ball absolutely dominated bat.
2: Yeah, it did. And uh, that's what you expect when, um, when you come to England. I mean, things have changed now. Pitches are much better. The ball isn't swinging as much as what it used to do. But in 2018, we knew because uh, whenever India used to travel overseas, then... Um, we knew that we'll end up playing most of the games we'll end up playing on a seaming track yep. uh, we didn't have the best of bowling lineup uh, we started improving from 2017 onwards but uh, if you look at the current uh, Indian bowling lineup we have uh, probably some of the best seamers in the world but at that time uh, we were lacking that and that's the reason we ended up playing more on a seaming track whereas a batsman it, it used to be challenging uh, and uh, yeah we we I, I thought we always could have bowled a little better and yes when when, when you are challenged uh, in a seeming condition uh, we, we didn't react well as a batting unit as well so that's the reason I thought we were not as successful as we could have but uh, yeah I mean um, I, I love some some of uh, those challenging pitches because as a cricketer when you start playing on those pitches when you start performing on those pitches you know that uh, whatever you have worked on what uh, whatever your preparation was before the series it, it, it's paying off
1: There was probably no one better prepared to succeed in that series in the Indian dressing room uh, compared to you given all the cricket in England. But the guy we remember from that series is Coley. You know, it's funny, you win one test and lose four, but people still speak of the hundreds that Coley made at Birmingham and at Nottingham. Your reflections on playing with a guy who's going to go down as an all-time great in the middle of the most productive part of his career when he's your captain as well?
2: Yeah, he's uh, one of the best uh, cricketers India has produced, so there's no doubt uh, the way he performed. Uh, He was, uh, I still remember, because both of us were part of uh, the series in 2014 here, and uh, he didn't succeed as much as he wanted, and he was so frustrated after that. So before 2018, he did a lot of uh, research on what what went wrong in 2014. He wanted to correct that, so he was very well prepared, and he was a lot more positive. He knew... Uh, he had to he had to bat well uh, probably on fourth stump line so he nicked uh, quite a few times in 2014 so he knew that uh, the england team will try and bowl him there and he kept practicing uh, those lines uh, those lengths as well and and i felt that um, his positive approach he he was a bit more positive uh, his stride was much much better Uh, and and i think it even his footwork uh, it was very precise and not many n- not many players can do that because his uh, his strength is, uh, is his cover drives on the offside and he kept playing those cover drives and not many players can achieve that against a swinging ball and he was he was the one who could uh, who could do it uh, uh, again and again and, and I mean see once he starts uh, getting his into his rhythm uh, I'm not I mean yes he scored many hundreds in that series but you know how he's batting I mean, once you once you know that he once he crosses 20-30 runs he knows I mean you know when you're watching him play that he's in control and and the way he has he was batting then it wasn't just about the runs but the way he was batting was really commendable
1: it felt pretty clear from the outside looking in that India were building to something special through that uh, 2018 period and, and so it proved in Australia now you'd been there in 14-15 hadn't been there in 11-12 through injury but in 14-15 you did well without you know quite cracking the code yourself That all changes in 18-19 and it starts on the opening day of the series in Adelaide where you bat all day for 123 after India lost all those wickets in the first session from 41 for 4. You find a way to get them out of trouble as you did, well, I say did routinely through the series. You're in control for most of it but that was the one day when the top order did really backfire. Um, You know, being able to do it on day one against an Australian attack who, who were... Who were all over you early on, uh, and being able to get to the other end of that and lay a foundation for the series. Your your memories of that day at Adelaide Oval.
2: I would say that is uh, one of my best uh, test innings. Uh, if I had to rate top five, that'll be there in top five. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, we didn't get off to a good start, but uh, sometimes when when we are put under pressure, I think uh, uh, as a player, I always love those challenges, uh, challenging moments where we are three or four down. But you want to bail the team out of trouble and that's when I, after lunch I told myself that if I can hang around a bit more, if I can carry on playing until tea time, then um, after tea I think I'll be able to dominate a bit more but i mean you are not certain because you are losing uh, we were losing too many wickets at the other end but i had a, a good partnership with rohit after lunch uh, then ashwin came in and he was batting well but once we lost uh, lost him once one, once he got out uh, i had to take the charge i was set uh, and and uh, yes yeah, so for some reason i always bat with with the bat well with the tail enders because I've done that uh, over a period of time in, in domestic cricket for Saurashtra. So I knew that once we won uh, I think we lost seven seven. yeah we were seven down I can't remember whether it was seven or eight but uh, once uh, uh, Shami walked in uh, I told told him that I'm the one who will, who will try and uh, uh, keep the strike try and play as many balls as possible you just try and defend as long as you can and uh, if we can get to say 250 uh, you guys will will be able to pull pull uh, them out uh, and he agreed i mean uh, there was enough in that pitch uh, i just had to make sure that we go past first first target was obviously to go past 200 but uh, when we when we were closer to 250 uh, i felt that we were in a comfortable position and at, at the end of day 1 we all uh, had a meeting we we thought that uh, this is the kind of pitch our seamers would, would love to bowl on yep. and they did that uh, the way they bowled uh, in the first innings uh, it it proved that uh, you know if we had enough runs on the board and we were right in the game
1: uh one of the more famous run outs of your career as well I, I, I guess with Pat oh, the, Cummins hitting yeah. the stumps just before the, the close with one stump to aim at and that was the fourth time and you were run out in 2018, no one's ever been run out more than four times in one year um, yeah. what do you attribute that to just bad luck or was there something going on with exceptional you running fielding, your I
2: would say exceptional fielding, after bowling <laughs> for so many hours yeah. uh, uh, to, uh, that was towards the end, end of the yeah. day, so I had to keep the strike, I couldn't allow uh, Shami to be on strike so I thought that uh, he has bowled so many overs maybe it was i think fifth ball of the over and i i could take that single but the way he fielded the way he released the ball uh, i was nowhere in the crease and it was exceptional feeling from him
1: it was an exceptional test match as well australia get back into it on the final day you make runs as well in the second dig as you did pretty much every time you batted uh, in that series but you go one nil up a tight finish you hold your nerve uh, with the ball ashwin at the end Amazing scenes with with you know with the team uh, uh, coming together as one and, and believing you could do it in Australia for the first time. Fast forwarding to Boxing Day, the third Test match of the series, um, you face 319 deliveries for 106, and you pretty much break Australia on a, on a track that you can break a bowling attack on I suppose and you know someone like Nathan Lyon who you've played so much cricket against that was the series where you just started dancing at him and defending dance defend dance defend kick him away kick him away I mean you're used to the feet and that rivalry with Lyon I think you know you, you identify people dancing down the track at spinners as being an aggressive move but you turned it into a, a primary form of defense for you against him especially
2: uh, yeah, in that particular series I had to do that because in Australia he always gets that extra bounce and he was quite clever enough to not feed me the ball uh, when I was d- uh, dancing down the track. So uh, he, he used to pull back his length and uh, the only way I could uh, get out of it, it, it was to defend and, and try and use my pads. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it did disrupt uh, his length. Uh, so I, I felt that I had to keep doing that. Uh, and and uh, yeah, I mean, it 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 help, it did help me, but you know, credit goes to him the way he has been bowling and all these years. We have a great rivalry, but uh, uh, he's probably one of the toughest off tough spinners I've uh, ever faced. Mm. Uh, yes, I've got uh, f- uh, I've got many runs against him, but uh, it's it's a, a great battle to be uh, to for me to have it uh, on the field. I think. Uh, to face him uh, uh and and over a period of time he has improved as a bowler i i still remember facing him first was it in 2012 but after that i think he has improved a lot uh, he has played more than 100 test matches now mm. and yeah it's it's uh, it's a great battle to have uh, against him but yeah in in that particular test match uh talking about uh, scoring that hundred in, in more than was it three hundred balls yeah, yeah I, I thought it was a tough pitch uh, uh, it was slightly on the slower side we were a little surprised because uh, normally you expect pitch to be uh, in in Australia you, you expect uh, a bit more pace and bounce and Many did criticize after that game that uh, Australia should have produced a bit more pace and bounce in in in, in that particular test match. But yeah, we were happy. I think uh, the I, I had to be really really patient to uh, score that hundred because there wasn't enough pace, and I had to uh, work a bit bit harder to earn my boundaries. So I was patient and I knew that once you have enough runs on the board, you our, our seamers was doing the job, even our spinners, Ashwin was bowling really well so yeah. we were very confident as long as we have runs on the board.
1: My recollection is that after you win at Adelaide and win at Melbourne, uh, that by the time we arrived at Sydney uh, you had uh, overtaken all of these glamorous Indian players as the national hero. I remember um, working with Harsha Boglay through that series and he was putting voice to this that, uh, that you were the man uh, that Everything was being built upon. And you make, of course, another century at Sydney, 193 from 373 balls on that occasion. So you finish the series with 521 runs at 74. You faced 1,258 deliveries, the most runs, uh, the most balls ever, rather absorbed by a visiting batsman across four Test matches. You're the Player of the Series by a mile, and it's India's first Test win in a series against Australia. I mean, to play the way you did, to step up the way you did and to be adored the way you were, that must be um, something you look back on with an enormous amount of fondness.
2: Yes, I do. I think uh, that is one of the best uh, test series for me personally and even as a team. A lot of the players have uh from the indian team have played enough cricket together and for us it was probably one of the best overseas victories uh it was first ever on australian soil for the indian team after say, 70 72 years so yeah everyone enjoyed uh we had a great time after the series and even during the series i think guys had to work really hard to uh, win each and every test match so as a unit uh we we went through a lot uh, there were ups and downs uh but yeah, I think we we were together and we celebrated that victory. And, and that particular victory uh, meant a lot to me and even uh, to the entire team. So we we enjoyed that series.
1: And as a group of senior players now, for too, having that on his CV, being the guy who led India to victory in Australia, I know it's, he's, he's part of the series the next time around, but it was kind of a series in in eighteen nineteen. His personality, there was so much uh, about him. He was front and centre every media interview, you know, every controversy in the middle. He seemed to be in, in the middle of everything, but you guys can all look back on that now and go that that's the kind of high watermark of his captaincy career.
2: Yeah, it it is. And uh, someone like him, you know, for him overseas victory meant a lot. And uh, as a group we we had discussed uh, about this in uh, 2017 that we will be playing some uh, away series uh, going forward and our aim is to uh, try and win as many series and as many test matches as possible overseas uh so we spoke about that uh, we were very well prepared our seamers were very well prepared supported by our spinners uh so we were up for the challenge but when you come out of on top when you start seeing that success uh, y- you see i mean you see as a as a player and even uh, for him as a skip, skipper i mean i i thought uh, it it meant a lot uh, it gave him a lot of confidence uh, in him, uh, himself and and even uh, uh, even in our team, because uh, sometimes you start doubting yourself uh, as a team when you when you are not successful overseas. Right. But once you start doing well overseas, you, you gain a lot of confidence. You start believing that you can be successful overseas no matter what kind of team you have. Uh, because with the Indian team, we don't have the best of bowling all-rounder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some like, uh, say, England has Ben Stokes, uh, Australia has Mitchell Mars, uh Cameron Green now. So uh, we 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 never had uh, such a seamer, uh, you know, or such a batter who could bowl a bit. So yeah, to find the right balance overseas, we we have always been struggling a bit. But uh, yeah, the way we played in 2018 and and um, following year, Uh, or I would say in in next three years time uh, in whatever overseas series we played uh, we were always being competitive uh, we challenged the opposition and uh, I, I thought that was probably the best period for, for the Indian cricket.
1: And, and for your dad as well, like knowing all that work he'd put into you and your, your wife, who I know you've, you've spoken about and I've read her talk about you before and, and, and the different energy they bring to your life where she, you know, it seems like she just again, just reading her comments in the past, she's so energetic and bubbly and learning the game more so and your dad is a, a battle-hardened cricket person, the two of them being able to um, to, to be part of that success with you.
2: Yeah, uh, they've been uh, a great support. Uh, uh, yeah, I haven't spoken much about my five yet, but uh, for, uh, since our engagement, uh, uh, she has been a great support to me. Uh, and uh, she has learnt a lot uh, about the game. Uh, initially, when we got engaged, uh, the good thing was she didn't know anything about cricket. She didn't know who I was uh, as an international uh, cricketer. So I wanted to marry someone who who likes me as a person not as a cricketer and uh, yeah the fortunate thing was she didn't know much about cricket but after that uh, once she got to know me she uh, she started following cricket and uh, over a period of time her knowledge of the game is is, uh, it has improved immensely and yeah, uh, after that series, uh, my daughter was, uh, just before the series, my daughter was uh, born. So when I, when I went back home after the 2018 series, uh, all of us were really, really happy. Uh, I, I told my wife that uh, this is probably the biggest uh, present I've uh, got for my daughter. And uh, she did agree. I, I, uh, we felt as a family, uh, that was one of the best series I've been part of.
1: Hi, I'm Natalie Jimonis, and you're listening to the final word with Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins. Then there's you know, of course the COVID interregnum, which which Interrupts uh, the rhythm for for the global game more generally, but you rock up in Australia again in in, in 2021. Um, you know there's been documentaries made about it. There's been the book written about it, of course, as well, mentioning Virat earlier. But um, for for you guys to go down in the heat the way you did in Adelaide, having won there a couple of summers before, and then for Virat to leave the tour to be at the birth of his own first child, of course, fair enough, and then to have to do it the way you did in Sydney. Let's start there, and then subsequently Brisbane after winning in Melbourne with the brilliant Ajinkya Rahane centuries. But for you personally, in Sydney, you play two of your slowest innings ever. And even 50 from 176 balls in the first innings and 77 uh, from 205 deliveries in, in the second. Even now, you know, you, you'll, uh, you'll you'll pick up commentary from time to time from people who question your intent at the middle and they'll reflect on innings you've played in the last few years like those at Sydney. Does that frustrate you that people just don't understand that your role sometimes is less about ticking the board over and more about absorbing pressure and exhausting the, the, the opposition attack? That the, the very fact that you've been around this long and people still don't seemingly get this
2: well I've accepted that uh, I'll be questioned all the time uh, with my approach because uh, there are times where I try and play the condition I try and play the situation rather than thinking about the scoreboard so yeah, if I end up playing too many dots uh, I mean people in the commentary they they will there are times where they will start questioning that but i, I have never moved away from my methods i still feel that one has to uh, assess the condition assess the situation what the opposition is trying to do and then when the time comes you stra- start accelerating so it's about uh, you know uh, trying to do the best for the team rather than thinking about what what the outside noise uh, noise is and i i try and stay away from it because there are times where uh, When you are playing in Australia, uh, commentators will pass on the comment and, and probably they want Australia to do well sure. and and they, sometimes they think that uh, if they say such things it might put a little bit more pressure on, on, on me and, and that's the reason I try and uh, stay away from the media whenever I'm uh, whenever I'm playing at the international level uh, whether it's not just in Australia but whether it's in India whether it's in England uh, when I'm playing matches I try, try and stay away from the media because I know uh, what my role is for the team I know how can I contribute to the team and uh, uh, I've been successful in the past with the same method so there are times where you may not be as successful as uh, I've been in the past so 2019 was probably a time where Australia did a very good uh, job of you know uh, Going through my videos of what I had, what I did in the past, what I did well in 2018 series, and they came with a strategy. So to counter that, I had to take some time because I was coming from uh, from COVID. Like everyone, all of us went through a lot because uh, during COVID, I didn't get the best of the facilities to practice. Uh, we were confined. We were uh, before each and every series, we had to do the quarantine for 14 days. Uh, so it was challenging as a player uh, because you are trying to find your. Rhythm. and for me it took a lot of time to get my rhythm back to to start scoring runs uh, but good the only good thing i could do in, in in that series is that i i i still you know uh, i still believed in my abilities i still thought that if i had if i was successful in 2018 i could repeat that maybe not with uh, as many runs but uh, I don't want to uh, change my strategy, I want to stick to what I've been doing uh, in the past and I stuck to it and probably uh, that helped the team immensely uh, later on.
1: Another player in your dressing room who people like to second guess seemingly all the time despite his prolific record is your mate Ashwin Um, I'm I'm really interested in your very close friendship over the years that it feels like you're two different personalities in there You know, compared to the um, you know, we, we come back to the, the idea of flashier players, T20 players who make their multi-million dollar contracts in the IPL and who have their name chanted around stadiums for bombing the ball, you know, 130 metres or whatever it works out to be these days. Then there's you and him, I mean you're very close, you, your wives are very close you, your daughters are very close, you spend a lot of time together on and off the field and you know, referring to that Sydney Test match from early 2021 there's Ashwin with yeah, under so much pressure with his back completely gone. I mean, you must have been so proud of him having played your innings, that four or five hours later, he's the guy that gets you the safe harbour and earns you the draw under serious pressure with his back completely destroyed.
2: Yeah, but I think it was a great effort from him. Uh, uh, there was a time where we were not sure whether he will be able to bat uh, but he showed a lot of courage uh, at that time and and uh, you know despite having that back issue the way he batted uh, was really great to see uh, it brought a different atmosphere in the dressing room after that game uh, because when we saw uh, that we could uh, you know our, our players are fighting for the team uh, despite all the odds uh, things were not going our way there were so many injuries in, in the team uh, if you start from the first test matches there have been a lot of changes in the playing 11 so yeah I mean uh, as a team it, it wasn't the best time for us because uh, every every each, after each and every game you see someone getting injured uh, we didn't have the best uh, playing 11 if you l- just look at it from the experience perspective uh, australia had a lot more experienced players but i think uh, it's important to stay together and that's what we did uh, despite all the odds uh, what we decided is that we want to be together in this whether we win or lose it it doesn't matter but we want to be competitive on the field and uh, many players showed a lot of character during that series and uh, I I felt that uh, despite all the odds the way you know despite having so many injuries in the dressing room it also allowed some of the young players to Uh, showcase their skills at the highest level and uh, I think uh, thanks to the IPL because they have played so many games in the IPL they know how to handle the pressure and uh, whenever someone made the debut they still made an impact to the team and and, and I think they were prepared for that uh, situation because of the IPL. I know I mean IPL is a different format altogether but many of our younger players uh, having played the IPL I think uh, you know how to uh, perform under pressure. It's never easy. I think it's a different uh, uh, ball game altogether, but uh, having that experience of playing at the highest level, uh, playing with some of the international cricketers uh, did help some of our younger players to perform well in the test format as well.
1: And that kinship I mentioned with you and you and Ashwin, which of course starts as a cricketing friendship and, and expands from there, but uh, the importance in that I guess like that fishbowl, right, of Indian cricket, where there's so much, there's so many people looking in and, and wondering and pondering and speculating and all the rest of it. That you've got someone that you're close to, sitting next to you in that in that dressing room, and you can draw strength from that relationship.
2: Yes, you do, and uh, we always uh, keep talking about the game. Whenever he's bowling, if I have any inputs, I'll always go to him, and then I'll I'll speak to him that we can have this uh, feel. You might. Uh you might want to bowl a particular line to a batsman uh, anyways he d- uh, does his uh, research before each and every game he yes. sees a lot of videos he uh, he's very clear with his game plan but uh, if there are any suggestions if if there's anything uh, which I need to you know tell him he's, uh, he's always open-minded with that and and same with me I think uh, even if he has uh, anything to discuss with me about my batting I'm uh, we, uh, we uh, always try and share knowledge as much as possible so if he has any input uh, I'll, I'll be more than happy to, you know. Uh, ask Sometimes I'll go and ask him that, "What do you think, Ash? What, what, what should be my strategy in the next next game?" Uh, so we keep discussing about cricket, and, and that helps us. Uh, it, it's important to, you know, know a bowler's perspective because when he's bowling at me, uh, he's. What are his strategies? Probably it, it's just a net session. But when he's bowling at me in the nets, uh he reads me. So so I, I I try and gain knowledge from him that uh if I'm facing Nathan Lyon, what can I do? What can I do differently if I have to be successful against him? Or it could be anyone, any other seamer as well. And and uh, yeah, even as a batter, I think I when I'm feeling uh, most of the times I'm at leg slip or. Or somewhere in the uh, in the inner ring and when he's bowling I, if I'm reading a batsman I, I know that uh, if if David Warner is trying to do something against Ashwin or if Steven Smith is trying to do something against Ashwin I'll, I'll try and walk to Ash and I'll try and tell him that look you it might be worth uh, him going around the stumps try and change the angle or whatever it could be a smaller thing but uh, sometimes when you try and share that knowledge it, it always helps
1: the Plans you spoke of with the Australians realising they had to find a different way to you in 2021, it was quite brutal, wasn't it? I mean, they, they really did target your body and your helmet as much as they could, and there was no better example of that than the, the final innings at Brisbane. We all talk about that fabulous run chase on the final day, and, and what Shubham Gill did, and what, what Rishabh did, and, and subsequently what. Uh, Washington Sundar did at the end, but you personally uh, facing two hundred and eleven balls for your fifty six, your slowest half century ever breaking the record from the previous week, but copying that pounding in your little girl who was born after the eighteen nineteen series, they're watching you at Brisbane saying, you know, in tears reportedly, saying, you know, why are they why are they hurting my dad? I mean it's a very different perspective, isn't it, that you're being bashed up whereas it was you beating up the Australians a couple of years before, but still you come out on top.
2: Yeah, I think uh, it's about trusting your method and I felt that on that particular pitch, I had a clear game plan. I wanted to make sure that I don't try and get on top of the ball because from one end there was an extra bounce and uh, I decided that if the ball hits my body, I'll still be at the crease, I wouldn't get out. So yeah, I I had a clear game plan that I just want to bat uh, for first session and and try and take it uh, from there. And uh, the way Shubman Gill was batting, um, he, he was having, uh, he was in his best rhythm. So he was playing his shots and I just had to support him from the other end. Yeah, and, and, and after lunch, if if you look at the pitch, it, it did get better to bat on and uh, things got a little easier. Yes, I still ended up getting hit. Uh, on many occasions but I I I felt that uh, uh, you know I I could still be in the present rather than thinking about the last delivery even if I got hit I could move on from that and and then still look at the you know the Look at the positives that I'm. I'm still at the crease. I I'm, I'll still be facing the next ball, and I I kept doing that. I think uh, if I I trusted my methods, and and uh, that's the reason I came out on top of without worrying about you know what will happen. I, I honestly I didn't know that uh, at that, that time. Uh, we I I didn't think that we'll end up winning that test match. Mm. For me, it's about you know just try and being present and 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 try and play the ball rather than you know thinking because w- when you get hit on the body sometimes as a player you start thinking that if what if you get hit again what will happen in the next ball uh, and when you start worrying about the next ball then uh, you are not able to have the same footwork uh, or maybe you are not able to watch the ball the same way where which you should be so, if you can forget what has happened in the past, uh, you know you, have, you are giving yourself the best chance to play the next ball, and and I could do that, and and I, I don't know how I did that because if I look look back at that particular innings and and look back at how many times I got hit uh, f- I, I, I mean it was just a courageous effort that's what I would say I, I, I don't know I mean if I had to do that again will I, will I be able to do it maybe maybe not I don't know but yeah
1: the, the respect that it earned though right I mean you win in Australia and we'll, yeah, we, won't, we won't go into too much depth about that because we kind of have around 18-19 and what it meant to Indian cricket but you know the IPL auction getting picked up and getting that standing ovation from everyone in the in the room that they it was almost I think we can acknowledge now that it was a it was a token of appreciation you being selected for that IPL but that kind of does correspond with an interesting part of your career too where there is another little trough through 2021 you enjoy success as a team in in England winning those test matches in in London but you don't go on to have the kind of series that you would want on an individual level and you eventually lose your spot in South Africa in another low scoring series but you get back again the old school Piles and piles and piles of runs in the Ranji Trophy and over here for Sussex and, you know, you return last year for the, the one-off, what became the one-off test against England and, and you get another opportunity against your old nemesis, Australia, another series win against them, your 100th test match and, I mean, whether it's the end or not, whether you get picked again or not, how proud are you that you're able to get back in the side for that final stretch which, in, in the most recent run, culminated in the in the World Test Championship final at the Oval?
2: Yeah, see, uh, for me uh, to play for the uh, Indian team is uh, always a great pride, uh, and and uh, I always enjoy playing for the Indian team. There have been ups and downs in the last few years, and it uh, tests you as a as a player because uh, having having played say more than ninety Test matches when I got dropped, I still had to prove myself. I still had to prove <laughs> that I I still belong there, uh, and it's a different kind of challenge. I mean, sometimes. Uh, you do get frustrated sometimes you do feel that uh, even if you have to prove yourself after playing 90 or test matches having scored more than five six thousand whatever number of runs i've scored it's never easy i think uh, sometimes it, it plays around with your ego uh, you feel that uh, having you know being successful at the international level for so many years and you are uh, there are still doubts whether uh, are you good enough and and uh, if you have to prove yourself again and again uh, whether it's worth it and and uh, i keep telling myself that uh, i know that i belong there i i know that uh, the kind of uh, contributions i've made to the indian cricket i i still have a lot to uh, you know contribute And I was given an interesting stat uh, somewhere through that time where I was told that uh, whenever I have scored more than 70 or 80 runs uh, for the Indian team, I think it's about 80% of the time India has gone on to winning the test match or we haven't lost uh, that particular test match. So I know that if I... If I score runs for the Indian team most of the times we are on the winning side Mm -hmm. and uh, even if I have to uh, go through some hard work in domestic cricket whether uh, playing domestic cricket in India or whether you know if I I enjoy playing cricket for Sussex so the moment I start scoring runs here uh, it does get noticed back home. Uh, That's not the reason I play for Sussex, Uh, uh, I play for Sussex because I enjoy playing cricket here. But yeah, I mean, um, the amount of runs I scored, uh, score here or back home in domestic cricket, it it, it always helps uh, me getting back into the team. And uh, I I still believe that I have a lot to offer, and I hope uh, I'll I'll continue working hard. Look, there are I always believe that there are certain things which you can control uh, as a cricketer, and and I try and focus on that rather than thinking about my selection will I be able to make the comeback the time will tell but I think as long as I'm able to score runs in each and every game, as long as I'm improving as a cricketer, uh, I always keep working hard on my fitness. I keep working hard on my improving my fielding. So well, these are the things which I can control. And, and as long as I'm uh, doing that over a period of time, I know that that gives me a lot of confidence that whenever I get my opportunity next, I'll be very well prepared for it. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel that there are uh, in my cricketing career, I've been put under pressure so many times. Where I've lo- lost my spot in the team, but uh, yeah, you just you just try and uh, play for the team. You don't try and uh, play for your spot. I would keep it very simple because if you try and play for your spot, you uh you are another selfish cricketer who is just being there in the playing 11 and and uh you know playing for the sport but not contributing to the team so if i'm not able to, I, if i'm not good enough to contribute to the team i'm happy sitting at home rather than you know just uh, scoring i mean just to give you an example if i if i score say 20 when i get out on 20 or 30 a score of 20 or 30 I mean it's not that as a batsman you want to get out but if you score another 20-30 more and if you end up uh, scoring a 50 and India doesn't go on to win the test match is is it going to be helpful uh, for the Indian team no no it might might be helpful for, uh, full to me as an individual, right. but I never have that thought process. I am someone who will think that if I should be good enough to win games for the Indian team and not just try and survive uh, uh, and, and just be part of the playing 11, uh, because as a cricketer, you want to uh, be in the team uh, and, and make a difference, not just be in the team.
1: There's something you said there about controlling what you can control. I wonder being such a, a senior and venerated player, whether, and you and your colleagues like Virat and Rohit might have some control over the pitches that you served up at home. And by that I mean and I don't expect you to get stuck into your curators and to the BCCI, but it is pretty clear that pitches over time in India have been set up to create fast test matches and make the most of your spinning group and, 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 and taking advantage of that comparative advantage, I suppose. But it does mean that batting in India for Indian batsmen is a lot harder than it was when you started. The conditions are, degrees of difficulty, harder. Yeah. Wouldn't you love to be batting on pitches that were more akin to what you saw in, you know, 2013 or 2017 or 2012 or whatever it is compared to what you've had the last couple of times that, we'll say, England and Australia have been out, for example?
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, we have been playing on challenging pitches in the last... say four or five years but it's not just in India even overseas when we play away from home many times we end up playing a test match which finishes in four days and I think that is more to do with the WTC most of the teams uh, want to get a result out of a test match no one wants a draw and that's the reason I think uh, the test cricket uh, has moved a bit away from what it should be I think uh, where either it's too batting friendly or it's uh, It's towards the uh, bowler side where matches are finishing in three or four days' time. So you need to have the right balance. Uh, I I feel for test cricket to survive, you need to play on pitches which are... uh, which are true pitches which if you bat well you should be able to score a 100 and if you bowl well you should be able to pick a 5 for whether you are a seamer or a spinner and you expect spinners to pick more wickets in Indian conditions and uh, yeah, lately uh, we are playing on pitches which are a bit more challenging for the batters uh, and there are times where um, we end up playing on a pitch where it's uh, too batter friendly and, and I mean you end up getting a draw. So uh, to avoid the draws, you end up playing on a pitch where the game finishes in three days. But you, I, I completely agree that you need to find the right balance where there is enough in it for the bowlers, but still uh, uh, the pitch should be good enough to for a batter to score a 100.
1: You've said, and as we start to wind down the conversation, that, that you are determined to get back in that Indian team. It's quite interesting that people had said you retired after that West Indies omission recently, but you're, you're very committed to that. I'm interested in your, your domestic commitment as well. I mean, you're 35, and let's do a few maths here, right? You've nearly made 20,000 first-class runs. You've now made 60 first-class centuries, eight of them here in a very short amount of time here at Sussex. If you keep playing in the Ranji Trophy all the way through and keep playing for Sussex every year as well, you're a chance of 100 first-class hundreds, and I don't know the extent to which you care about the history of the game. You might not care at all, but it's improbable that anyone will ever ever have the chance to do that again you might be the last player in the history of professional cricket that could achieve 100 first class hundreds i mean is that something that might encourage you to play for another six seven years if you can even if you're not necessarily playing for india
2: no, nah, no, nah, of course not. I I wouldn't think about that. Uh, I would uh, try and enjoy my cricket rather than. I'm not a guy who would, uh, you know, look at the stats and and probably try and see that if I can get to 100 first-class hundreds. No, uh, definitely not. I'll I'll try and play cricket uh, till the time I enjoy. And uh, yes, I am enjoying my cricket. Uh, I want to continue enjoying the game rather than thinking about how many hundreds uh, can I get. I, I think it's uh, there are times where we pay too much attention to the stats in this game but uh, it's more about what you bring uh, to the team uh, what are your contributions to the team it's about winning games uh, and and when, whenever I'm here yeah I mean people talk a lot about my uh, hundreds and, 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 and the kind of impact I've made uh, for Sussex team but it's about I always feel that it's about winning games for Sussex rather than uh, or winning games for Sarastro or winning games for the Indian team rather than you know just uh, scoring hundreds yes as a batsman you always want to score a 100 but if your 100 uh, is not on a uh, on a winning side you you will still get disappointed so for me most of my hundreds are on the winning side and sometimes some of my best test innings are not even 100 like like we spoke about 92 yep. at Bangalore uh, I didn't get a 100 but it, it was such a crucial inning for the team and I would Probably want to play more such innings rather than get more hundreds. So yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I strongly believe that uh, it's a team sport and uh, you want to win matches for the team uh, and and not just pay too much attention to your stats.
1: It's worth noting it could be a byproduct of you playing for a long time though. Who's to know? Uh, yep. And and that that longevity question too. Now that you're the captain at Sussex here and enjoying it so much, is is your intention to you know, if possible, come back for? I don't know. How many years would you you think is is a is a as a as a threshold that you'd like to keep coming back and doing both summers, both the Indian summer and the English summer?
2: Well, it's hard to tell. Uh, I mean, I keep saying this again and again. Uh, I like to be in present, uh, so okay. I, I don't want to think too much about my future. Uh, I enjoy playing for Sussex. Hopefully, I'll come back again uh, next year. Uh, and and I, I would just try and think that far, not not too far ahead, because. Uh, once you're in your thirties, you want to work a bit more on your fitness. You want to, you know, try and stay as fit as possible for a longer period of time. Uh even if I don't want to play cricket later on, but I still I am someone who will uh, keep working on my fitness because that is something which is part of my routine now. So even to stay healthy, I'll I'll keep working on my fitness. So yeah, I mean I I'm I'm not sure how long uh, I'll continue playing cricket, but for now definitely yes. Uh, I I uh, I mean next few years definitely yes. I I want to uh, uh, you know keep playing uh, first class cricket, try and make a comeback into the Indian team. And uh, and and then try and see. Uh, we'll will reassess uh, in in few years time. But yeah, for me, it's about enjoying my uh, game, uh, enjoying uh, uh, my life yeah, apart from cricket as well. Mm-hmm. I stay away from the family so uh, whenever I got an opportunity to be with my family uh, I I want to enjoy that time I stay away from my daughter's childhood at at times I'm not I'm I'm, uh, not at home when she's growing up uh, she's learning new things so I want to spend enough time with the family as well but at the same time yes I mean when I I know that my wife also knows that if I have to play cricket if I have to continue playing professional cricket for a few more years uh, that's the hard part of uh, life and, and she's very supportive in that and I'm really thankful to her uh, for all the contributions uh, she has done and sacrifices she, uh, she has made and and hopefully I mean this journey, journey will continue and uh, fingers crossed I mean uh, and uh, I, w- I would just like to you know uh, enjoy my time.
1: Well, I'm sure you're making them very proud, you made a lot of people very happy uh, following your career over the years we've uh, loved it here on the final word it's been a real privilege spending uh, the last uh, little while with you talking about your journey in the game to test with Bajara, thanks for being part of it
2: Thank you, thanks, Adam.
0: This is the final word. Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins, and Chiteshwar Pajaret. Salute to you. Thanks for making the time to speak to us. I know. That, you know, there are so many demands, particularly on Indian cricketers, more than anybody else in the cricketing world, and to be able to, to get that time you know, to take an hour and a half to sit down and have a proper conversation rather than you know, rush through a, a bit of a cliche end of play three minute sort of media spot jobby of the kind that they are normally asked to do players as they're coming off the field. That's also testament, I think, to character in a way.
1: Yeah, and uh, and he was fully committed to it. As you would have heard in the long answers that he was giving there, it wasn't like he was just ticking a box and clearing a commitment. He knew that the interview style that he was walking into. He was, he was up for that. And and in and around it, a number of people came up for selfies with him and he's most obliging. He's clearly a, a, a beautiful man. Yeah, I'm sure you can tell, having listened back to it, he's just one of those guys you meet in life you know so sound. The, the comment he made about it being far more important to him that he's a good human being first, not a good cricketer, mm. um, I think that that is at the core of who this man is. And yeah, it was a real privilege to spend time with him because he will go down. Whether he plays for India again or not, he'll go down as one of their modern greats, 19 test tons, 7,200 runs. He's played more than a hundred test matches and, and many other contributions where he didn't necessarily raise the bat the three mm. figures that were the match winning, not least in the, the famous victory in Australia in, in 2020, 2021 at, at Sydney and Brisbane. And it was nice to go back over those innings with him as well and those, those high points of his career. And
0: I liked his response to you, probably- Probably my favourite pit was around the hundred hundreds. You know, which, so you've, you've yes. pretty much given up on getting Alice to cook to a hundred hundreds, and now you're trying to. Now have moved on to Majara. <laughs> you're like, because you'd, you'd always say, "Well, Alice to cook, you could be the last man to do it." But now you're saying, "Well, Chitesh, well, you could." He's, he's still got forty to go, so there's there's a, there's a fair bit of road ahead. Yeah. But, yeah. but I liked his response of, you know, I don't even think about it. I'm not worried about the number of hundreds. The the hundreds will come as a byproduct of playing well. But I'll only be playing well if I'm enjoying it. And and I thought that was a real. well thought through response.
1: It was. The other part of that was I'll only be enjoying it if I'm playing in winning teams. So there's this this team first mentality that informs his enjoyment of the game, his longevity and his success as a batter. So yeah, it all made perfect sense when he was explaining it. But I, I do want to just nip back in and simply say that if he continues to play as much first class cricket as he does at the moment, both in India and England, He's a chance. He's 35. He's only just turned 35. If he's the kind of guy who plays till he's 40, 41, 42, I wouldn't completely put a line through that because mm-hmm. he's been so productive. What is his, um, his conversion rate at Sussex? It took him until he's fifty to not get to 100 or something ridiculous. Right. He averages the better part of 100 for that club. They adore him there. He'll be playing there for as long as he wants, I'm certain. There may not be international commitments for him going forward if India do make a move away from him. I hope he makes it back, but if he weren't to... I'm going to dare to dream. And, you know, we we used to joke about Alistair Cook being the last man who can do it. On reflection, it's Pajara. He's the last man who could ever achieve this. There'll be no one else who could, the way the modern game works, get to that many first-class centuries, but time will tell.
0: 60 now, if you do another sort of half a dozen a year across four more county seasons, that gets you to 84 and then you sprinkle a few Ranji Trophy ones in there. Well, you, you, you got it. You, can't, that's you it. can't entirely rule it out, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think that's probably enough from us and from Jay and from everybody involved at the final word for another, I don't know, day or two. It might be a couple of days until there's another <laughs> episode in the feed. We're, we're firmly in Can't Stop, Won't Stop Territory at the moment.
1: Yeah, we sure are. So, through the week, there'll be an episode with Jeff and me talking about all the issues of the game that'll drop on. Uh, drop on Wednesday and then on Thursday uh, we'll have a Scottish special which I kind of teed up last week and explained with Daniel what that would constitute so a number of interviews uh, around Scottish cricket story time on the weekend and everything else if you want to support what we do in our can't stop won't stop land you can do so by jumping on patreon.com forward slash the final word we love making eps like this the long interviews and all the rest of it a lot of work goes in behind the scenes to tee them up and to to get the guests um, pinned down and all the prep and, and so on. Uh, and we want to keep doing as much of this as possible. And that all hinges on um, having a, a deep pool of people supporting us. And we're really grateful to all of our patrons, many of whom are coming to Scotland with me this week. So it's a, it's a wonderful community. Become part of it. patron.com forward slash the final word and submit your nerd pledge for story time.
0: Right. This has been the final word. Thanks once again to Chiteshwa Pajara for making the time and being a wonderful, gracious guest. Um, we'll hope to... Speak to him again sometime down the line when he notches his 100th first-class ton. Um, and we'll say you heard it here first. Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins, we'll see you next time. So you know I meant, yeah. I had to go